to WMNF 88.5 FM and WMNF.org. You're listening to the Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan, WMNF's News and Public Affairs Director. Our guests today are a large class of students from Sweden. We have about 40 students here at WMNF and only a few fit in the studio, but we have smiling faces looking at us through the other studio glasses. And besides being from Sweden, these students are also different in that their classroom is a ship that's sailing on the oceans. We'll find out what that's like this hour. And I want to know if you out there in the Tampa Bay audience have any questions for these students for about their life in Sweden. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or you can text 813-433-0885. Please sign your name to, to that so that we know who is writing us. So several times over the years, WMNF has hosted groups of Swedish high school students who are studying on board the tall ship Gunilla. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, on their, it's their floating high school. So joining me today on microphone are Eskel, Esther, Rasmus, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> Andrea, Clara, and... Adam, so I'd like to, for you to go around, maybe starting with Eskil, and uh, introduce yourselves, your full name if you'd like to give it, and so that people can associate your voice with, with who's speaking. Okay, my name is Eskil Bengtsson. I live in Sweden, and um, yeah, we all go to Gnilla. Yeah, uh, my name is Esther, and if you want to try and pronounce it the Swedish way, <laughs> it's Esther, but uh, Esther's fine. <laughs> yeah, my name is Rasmus. Um, it's sound it sounds quite the same in Swedish, so Rasmus. So <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Andrea uh, Engström. Yeah. And my name is Adam uh, Boman. <laughs> uh, and I'm a student as well. My name is Clara Parson. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to wait. welcome all six of you and welcome all 40 of the Swedish <laughs> students who are looking through the windows and watching us. Uh, it's very interesting. I, hope, I can't wait to talk to you and find out more about what life is like in Sweden, what, if, what life is like aboard the ship, and what you think about America. So most students learn on a classroom on land, but describe what it's like to learn on a ship. What are classes like and what do you learn and do you help sail the ship? Well, we have classes on board, of course, uh, but they're only about four hours a day when we are out sailing. And um, we have a lot of own responsibility about our assignments. So we are have uh, less assignments that we are going to do by the time we get home. And everyone kind of regulates where we choose to do these assignments. Uh, but they're based on the places we go. And... Um, we help save, sail the ship eight hours a day, so it's more sailing than school, really. Yeah, and then we also have our teacher, Anneli, uh, with us, and she helps us with the assignments. What are the classes that you take? Well, we do a bunch of different classes, and uh, since it's our graduating year, we have uh, now come in a part where we can choose to take up uh, um, some more uh, personal or... Uh, um, different subjects where we really choose what we learn but it's uh, uh, since we do a um, social studies uh, like in general we have uh, English Swedish we have history we have social studies uh, and then you can do psychology f uh, philosophy and uh, maths and 
biology and stuff. So it's very different. And a lot of different subjects, but it sounds like similar subjects to people who are studying back home uh, on land. But you, I imagine you also have a lot of maritime studies as well. Yeah. <laughs> what is maritime? <laughs> uh, about the seas, about the ships, uh, uh, oh, studying yeah, about yeah. the ships. We, um, we learn a lot while we sail. So uh, are like... Uh, like our uh, the crew on the ship uh, <laughs> that's not yeah. students uh, yeah they help us a lot but yeah. Uh, yeah and I was looking at the website and it says that there's different specialties that you can take in a class in classes while you're there there's a natural sciences program there's a marine engineering program social sciences and the maritime program with two specializations you can specialize in deck or machinery uh have you d each decided on your special speciality and are, do you have a different diff are there different ones that you could tell me about like for example is anyone specializing in one of the either the deck or the machinery uh we're all uh, specializing in social studies because we choose that when we start uh, like uh in high school so you choose that and then you can switch but then you have to like it's a, a long process so we just stay with social studies all three years okay yeah. Well, I just want to remind people that we're speaking with students from Sweden, and they are sailing aboard the tall ship Gonella, and they're joining us here at WMNF. We have six of them on the microphone here in the studio, and you're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. There are even more in the adjoining studios so that uh, they can kind of watch their classmates and, and help participate that way. And I'm Sean Canan, and I'm talking to them about what life is like in Sweden, what life is like aboard the ship, and I'd like to get your input. I want to ask each of you, what made you decide that you wanted to study on a ship? Um, I decided to go here because I love sailing so, and I love traveling and the school really gave that opportunity. So that's probably the main reason why I chose to go here. Yeah, and uh, I've been sailing since I was a kid, uh, around six years old, so, and uh, decided when I was around 12 or 13 that I wanted to be a captain someday and felt that this was the optimal school for me um, because I get the uh, hours and uh, I get some maritime studies and uh, yeah it's really cool to get to travel the world and see stuff. Yeah and I think I just mainly wanted to do something different than like a regular high school uh, and then I chose this high school and it was a great decision. Well, I kind of just fell into it. I had never sailed before and I just chose it because I was very tired of normal school. So I thought maybe this could be something different and I have fell completely in love with it. And I want to continue uh, with uh, sailing in the future. Yeah, and uh, my situation was uh, quite similar to Eskil's. I did not really have any prior experience, but I felt like this uh, school offered like an av adventure and something different to a normal school. and. Sounded fun to me. Uh, yes, yeah, so all different uh, things that are uh, fun to do, like sailing, and I did, had never done that before. But I was mostly interested in culture and, and uh, language. So to do that in, um, in practice in other languages abroad, um, that was really the one thing that made me go to this school. Well, thank you, Clara. And, you know, that's one thing you, you mentioned languages. And that's one thing I, I maybe am taking for granted so far in this 
interview is that all of you are speaking beautiful English. Um, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I, I certainly know that I don't have that kind of proficiency in any foreign language, in any language that's foreign to me. That it's not my first language, which is English. So I, I just want to, uh, you know, commend your. Uh, educational background and your and your uh, the the way you've learned English is just it's wonderful to be able to talk to you and uh, it sounds like you're very well prepared for this interview. I appreciate it very much. I want to know um, what it was like during the pandemic because you were in school in high school and in this program during the pandemic. How did things have to change then? Well, uh, when we were like actually in school, we had like one week where like a few of the classes were in school and then the other one were on we in zoom uh, yeah on zoom uh, the other week so we had two weeks zoom one week school and then when we traveled it was like remarkable that we even got to travel during the pandemic but we had to wear, wear our masks and uh, we couldn't really do a lot of stuff we couldn't really do like stuff like this when we come to a place our whole class but uh we made it work. Yeah. Yeah, and we also we traveled mostly to islands and when you have that opportunity you can go come there and then take a test and then if you're completely healthy you can go on to the island and that's way to limit the spreading of the virus. So what from what you learned about how people in Europe were managing the pandemic versus what you read about in the United States, or I don't know if you've visited the United States before, would you, how would you compare how the two um, different cultures handled it, how, how European countries handled it and versus how the United States handled the p pandemic? Any thoughts? Uh, well, uh, you had a lockdown here in America as well, right? Well, we didn't have a very strict lockdown. There were a lot of businesses that were closed, but there were never, I don't think there were ever any stay-at-home orders, but a lot of people either worked from home or there was just no place to go because a lot of the businesses were closed. Yeah, and I feel like it was quite similar in Sweden. Like there was not like uh, like an ultimate restriction, but uh, it was pretty, most people stayed home if possible and worked from home. And We had suggestions from uh, the no. government yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah, but we, we have suggestions there very strict often but yeah and we stayed home but we had because we had more of like an a active social world i guess i think sweden was we weren't very affected because we sure we stayed home almost an entire year and made zoom calls for class but we still had the ability to go to school and we still had the ability to hang out and yeah, and Sweden took a complete uh, approach that was, uh, I'm not quite sure, but like to get the mass immunity quick. And so they, so it was, uh, they were all people were out. And uh, yeah. so. Was the, you're talking about getting immunity from the vaccinations? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah but also when everyone gets the virus and then get healthy, like. we have antibodies. Mm -hmm. So if everyone, everyone gets that, no, no one will get sick. I want to remind people that we're speaking with a group of students from Sweden, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. They're sailing, or they're about to set sail, on the tall ship Gunilla, and we'll get more to talk more about your um, uh, your itinerary later on. But I want to find out first. Um, all of you have sailed before, so what are some of the places that that you visited that you've sailed to as part of your class? Uh, well, uh, we've been to quite a few places. We've only been in Europe so far until now uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, but we went to Spain, France, uh, 
Holland. Yeah. And uh, mostly like islands, like the Canary Islands. Uh, we went to a lot. And Port- Portuguese, Portuguese islands like uh, Madeira and Porto Santo. Uh, yeah. And uh, until recently, there was a different group of students on the tall ship. They arrived, they sailed to Tampa, and then they flew home or are about to fly home. I'm not sure which. And then you flew here in order to board the the tall ship. Where are you going next? Uh, So the next stop is uh, Cuba, actually. And then we're heading off to Mexico, I believe. And then it's... Is is it Belize first? Yeah. Yeah, And then Mexico. And then uh, Houston. And finally, Tampa again to fly home. Have any of you been to Cuba before? No. 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 What do you anticipate? Is there anything that you're looking forward to or that you expect you might see there? Well, we've been, uh, uh, since we are going there and it's a school, we have been uh, researching the country and the history and the beliefs. So I think uh, we are a little bit prepared, but it's. uh, I don't think you can be prepared to what it's like in real life uh, compared to the Internet. Anyone else have thoughts about Cuba and going to Cuba? Yeah, some. Uh, my uncle's wife or ex-wife is actually <laughs> from uh, Cuba, so I have had like a little bit of a inside info, or so to say. And but it seems very different from like the Western life that we kind of know. Is it common for people in Sweden to travel to Cuba? Because until a few years ago, it was pretty hard for Americans to go to Cuba. I don't think so. I don't feel like that's like the most common like touristy place where people go. But I know like quite a few people that have been there, I think. But I also like have known like people who have Cuban roots and stuff. After Cuba, one of the destinations you mentioned was Belize. And Belize has a a barrier reef, a a coral reef. Do any of you scuba dive? And do you plan on scuba diving in Belize? I see Eskil is is, uh, shaking. (laughs) Uh, well, I'm just really excited to see it in real life, and it's a very interesting place, and we don't know a lot about it. It's not very popular in culture, like, I had no idea what kind of, I knew there was a country, but I didn't know a lot about it until I started researching it before this trip, and that's also the amazing part about going to the school, because you get to see things, but you also get to learn in a more wide lens. In the next, oh, go ahead. Oh, the next question I have has to do with what you want to do after high school. And Rasmus already mentioned that he wants to be a a captain. What about the rest of you? What kinds of careers or or what kinds of activities or adventures would you like to have after you get done with the tall ship? Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, due to do my mandatory military service right after uh, uh, high school now. But uh, after that, I don't really have a plan. Uh, I really like like theater and acting so that might be something uh and my dad is a carpenter so that's also something i do on the summers and i really enjoy it so yeah i don't really have a plan either but i want to do something with sailing and i want to keep traveling in the world uh, yeah i don't have a plan strictly but i am really interested in food uh, especially after being abroad and tasting uh, whatever is the local food. Uh, that just makes it even more interesting. Have you had any interesting food in Tampa? Uh, no, not yet. I've been uh, working on the boats, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I look forward to uh, 
to go out today and see if uh, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> Let's talk afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give any favoritism. Um, what about the rest of you? I'm interested in hearing. Uh, I think I also want to continue traveling and uh, sailing, but then later on, I think I'll study something like with social studies as well. Yeah. Yeah, I want to also continue <laughs> sailing uh, and work on work on different boats. I believe, uh, and then maybe in the future, maybe do something with either philosophy or teaching. All very interesting op t options, yeah. Did I get to everybody? I think I did, right? Or Andrea, did I get you? Yeah. Okay. Well, what about, so we've talked a little bit about English. <clears throat> Is it really common for people to speak English in Sweden? Uh, yeah, uh, I think most people speak English too. I, of course, the degrees of skill are varying, but most people understand and can talk English. Well, I think there's uh, some kind of list somewhere that says, like, uh, the Scandinavian people are generally good at English. So. Yeah. Is that because of, is it taught in the elementary schools, in the, in the primary schools, or is it something that maybe you learn from culture, like watching subtitles on, on movies or TV? Uh, I think it's definitely a mix, because we have a lot of uh, English studies, but we also consume a lot of English music and uh, movies. Uh, and there's no subtitles, uh, mostly, uh, or it's a, it's a choice. So, and it's not dubbed, so that's, um, I think, a main reason. Well, let me read a couple of emails that have come in or text messages that people have sent in because they have questions for you as well. So Wendy writes in and she says, Hey, really enjoying these kids and the show. I would be interested in the size of the vessel and the number of actual crew members aboard if you have time. And she says, I've sailed to Cuba and you will love it. So who wants to say how many non-student crew are there on the ship and what's the size of it? How long and um, how, however else you would measure a, a ship? Uh, well, it's, we are in total f uh, 55 people uh, where there are 11 to 12 uh, non-students uh, crew. Uh, where we have captain and first mates and stuff, and then we are uh, 42 students now, I believe. Um, and the uh, ship, uh, I don't, I'm not very good in feet and your uh, measuring system, but uh, <laughs> it's around uh, uh, 40 meters uh, uh, in length and uh, 35 to 40 meter meters in uh, height. And the with uh, it's six, seven meters in uh, uh, the width. Um, I believe that's about, I think it's about 120 feet long and about 80 feet tall or something. And it's called a tall ship. Why is it called that? Um, <laughs> it's a tall ship. Yeah, it's a tall, tall, tall ship. Hey, ask a simple question and you get a simple <laughs> answer. It has these, uh, like these amazing sails. It looks almost like a, a Spanish galleon or something like that. Where, or if, I guess um, Gasparilla Festival, people are f familiar with those tall ships where it has the giant tall sails. And is there any, is there power aboard? If you can't sail, can you turn on an engine to sail or to motor? Yes, there's, there's a diesel uh, engine in the... So we have a machine room, and it's, it's a Volvo engine, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to turn a little bit now to culture and politics, because I want to find out more about what life is like in Sweden, and I think our audience does too. By, what, by the way, thank you, Wendy, for that uh, email that you sent in, and I'll get to the others as well. Uh, if you'd like to email your question, dj at wmnf.org. You can text 813-433-0885 
or you can uh, call us at 813-239-9663. We're streaming live on Facebook at WMNF News Facebook, and we're also around the world. You can listen at WMNF.org. I hope I have some people listening in Sweden right now. Um, And please write us, dj at WMNF.org, if you have anything you'd like to say. So first of all, I'll talk about the EU. Sweden joined the European Union in 1995, but the public um, didn't adopt the euro, the, the currency. So what do people, what do you think, or, or what do your, your fellow countrymen, if you can speak for them, speak, uh, think about the EU and about the euro? Well, I would, I, I, I'm not sure if I speak for everyone, but uh, it's, uh, while being in the EU, you get to travel around the EU uh, um, without much of, uh, not many like stops and uh, passport control, and you can freely live and work and study abroad uh, uh, very easily. So it's, uh, for me, I would say it's a very nice uh, uh, yeah, uh, thing. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of different opinions on the whole EU thing in Sweden. And of course it has its advantages, but a lot of people see like downsides to it as well. Yeah, and because we have like EU, not only for us individuals, we have more possibilities, but also our states have a better way of communicating with each other. And we didn't adopt the euro, uh, but because we have still kronor, I think yeah, and um, but that doesn't really affect us in any way, and it's easy to change from one to another. Um, and also because we have this ability, we can go to university at any part of the EU and we for free, and we have a lot of m- more possibilities. All right, we're going to get some education in just a second, but you said something that I think might shock a lot of our listeners in the United States. You just said. You can go to university anywhere in the EU for free. Yeah, we our university. Yeah, you, yeah, your our universities are free, and we get this like grant, I guess, every month to go to school. Even we do, we get about hundred dollars, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, for going to school and uh, getting our educations, and in your university is the same and. A lot of people take out uh, student loans as well, but just for, for housing and stuff. And because we have this ability, we can I can go to some of us are going to Paris, I think, after graduation and studying there. And this gives us a lot of more possibilities, and we can experience each other's cultures way more. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Anyone else want to tell us more about uh, higher education, about uh, uh, colleges, and um, where you might go or? <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, there are a couple of like big universities in Sweden. Uh, since we aren't that big of a country, uh, there are like some uh, universities that have higher status than others. But uh, it's very common to get a higher education than high school, and uh, it's very normalized to go to at least high school. And then, uh. and do you? I, someone mentioned. I think um, mentioned that you're going into military right after high school is everybody doing that here or no is but you said it was mandatory what's you you can do it at any time is that what it is and uh, no so it's only mandatory if you get drafted so everyone gets on the year they turn 18 they get a, a blanket to fill in and then you send it back and then they uh, read it and they think oh this uh, this person is uh, eligible 
and then they take you to physical tests and then you complete them and if you are successful or so to speak then you uh, you get uh, to do service and it's mandatory from the from the time you like get accepted and what what do you think you'll do after that i don't know actually i have uh, thought about doing higher education but i'm not sure uh, as i said i i really enjoy carpenting do you say is it carpenting Car- carpentry Carpent- perhaps yeah, yeah, yeah. Carpentry. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so that might also be something i pursue but we'll see so how is it that this the colleges are free what is it is it just that they're paid through taxes is that how it works um yeah. and how are the taxes in in sweden uh, you might not pay them as but do, what do your parents say or or other people um i think um people that are not swedish or perhaps scandinavian think they're extremely high i don't know exactly the percentage but it's like yeah. 50, around 50, yeah. Yeah, totally. 50 more income yeah and we have like different taxes we have to the state and the municipality and church as well uh, wait so there's yeah. a tax to the church yeah but yeah, you if can you're like to a member out. of yeah. the church you have to pay but you don't have to be a member of the church yeah. So you can choose not to, and you wouldn't have to pay that tax. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that makes sense. Well, that leads me, I guess, to a question about religion. Um, a lot of it's sometimes a touchy subject, but let's talk about religion. I read that. Um, where did I read this? That that something like twenty one percent of people in Sweden uh, in twenty fifteen believed in a god, and that was down from thirty five percent in two thousand eight. And this is a demoscop study which, um, you know, I'm not, I don't know that much about this study. I just found it online. And that, that 21%, does that sound about right? One in five people? Yeah, uh, it sounds yeah, about right. Maybe I think it's less, were, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it might be less even. Um, I mean, like a lot of people might still be like baptized because it's like tradition, but not a lot of people are religious. And so I think that number in the United States would be a lot higher. So what are your thoughts on that? the difference between the two, that there's maybe 21% or maybe even fewer in, the, in, in Sweden versus probably a lot higher number in the United States? Any thoughts about that difference? Well, I think it's the difference of like states and community because here, here church is a meeting place for different people and all, there's a lot of different churches where in Sweden we have not very many different churches really and we also there are a lot of different religions active like it's islam and you know judaism and stuff as well as christianity and i think it's a difference because we see church more as i don't know it's not as a culture thing I feel like religion in Sweden is more like a tradition thing, while in the U.S. it might be more like to get a community and to get like to meet people. I want to remind people that we're speaking with students who are from Sweden. They're they're taking classes above aboard a tall, tall ship called Gunilla. It's docked in Tampa, and I have someone who wrote in. Keith writes, "Where is the ship docked, and who can visit it?" So I don't know if if that's um, if it, if people can visit it or not. Maybe even see it from a distance. But I think it's at it's probably at Port Tampa Bay. But I don't know. Is it open to visitors? We're docked by American Victory, right by the aquarium. Uh, so we're like on the outside of uh, American Victory. And you might not be able to come on board, but you can come by and wave to us. <laughs> <laughs> and so our 
board president, Isha, writes in and she asks a question that I was going to save till the end, but I think I'll ask this now because we've had a lot of heavy questions so far and we're going to get back to the heavy questions. Don't worry. (laughs) But this is a question I really, really wanted to ask you. Um, and Isha's writing it as well. What music do you like to listen to? She also writes, uh, do, they, do they play music and go to dance parties? So I want to hear from <laughs> all of you. What's your, what are your favorite musical artists and what kind of music you listen to and do you go to dance parties? Um, well, at school, we have this tradition that uh, whenever we can, we go outside to the <laughs> beaches and then we listen to music. Uh, but, and... On board, we listen to music when there's uh, occasions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who? Oh, that's varied, very varied. Uh, but some Swedish music, uh, some ABBA songs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen to like a lot of different music. I can listen to like American rap music, European rap music. I can listen to indie music. I can listen to all kinds of music. Sometimes I even listen to metal. Like it's, it's, I listen to a lot of music. Yeah, well, uh, I have quite a uh, wide music taste as well, but uh, I really do enjoy my uh, sea shanties, um, <laughs> of course. Um, but I also listen to some ABBA and a lot of uh, old school rock, uh, um, Foo Fighters and uh, yeah, uh, bands like that sound the same yeah uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Brit pop uh, like Oasis and also newer British music more more almost hip hop pop fusion kind of uh, yeah I listen to a lot of like uh, Swedish pop and uh, like uh, rock indie rock and stuff like that yeah I listen to a lot of I listen to quite a lot of punk music as well as folk rock uh, but right now, I, oh, the only thing I listen to is Little Sims, which is a British uh, artist, and because I just that's the only thing I have downloaded on my phone, and I don't have internet here. <laughs> yeah. well, we play Little Sims on, on WMNF, <laughs> and so uh, give me a recommendation: uh, a Swedish artist that I might not have ever heard of that I should listen to. Um, we have to uh, tell you about Wakan Hellström. <laughs> Spell that, please. Uh, H. An A with a round ring. <laughs> yeah, we, got, uh, we got different letters in Swedish. Yeah. So it's, an, an it's a K, uh, an A, N, and then it's uh, H, E, L, L, S, T, R, an O with two dots on it, and M. <laughs> I will check it out. Yeah. Any other recommendations? What's the kind of uh, taste are you after? Or? Well, I, I like, um, you know, I like guitar rock and indie rock and uh, punk. Yeah. yeah, but then if you want to listen to Swedish punk, you should really listen to Ebba Gran. Uh, they're a band. Uh, they're not active anymore, but that it's... Uh, should I spell it? or yeah, uh, E-B-B-E... Oh, a- no, A, A, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then it's uh, G, no, G, I- I'm sorry, I, <laughs> it's, okay, someone else got to spell this for you, because I'm, G-R-O with two dots on it, and, thank you, thank you for the recommendation, I'll check them out. All right, so I just want to remind people, we're talking to students from Sweden. <coughs> 
My name is Sean Canan, and I'm hosting Tuesday Cafe. Let's talk right now about healthcare because I think this is going to be a big difference, and it's going to be uh, almost you know as as much as education was a big difference between the United States and Sweden because we didn't talk about education in the United States, but it costs a fortune to go to the to um, college here. Healthcare in Sweden is mainly tax funded. <clears throat> so if you go to the doctor, if you go, if you, ha if someone has a surgery, tell us what that process is like. Do you have to, um, do you have to wait and find out if the insurance is approved or anything like that? What happens if you get sick in Sweden? I mean, there's usually like a waiting line because there's more people that get sick than doctors maybe, uh, but you don't have to like pay for surgeries or anything. Uh, I think you pay like a certain amount, uh, yeah, but that's like $10 for a couple of days in the hospital or something, so... Yeah, and then also like medicines. Uh, I have allergies and asthma and my medicine has been free up until I've uh, been 18 years old. So all children get free medicine. Do people um, here in the United States, whenever we talk about uh, providing free anything, really, especially <laughs> free medicine or something like that, oh boy, people get so upset. How in the world, why would we pay for f free medicine for children? Who's gonna pay for that? Are, are my taxes gonna go up? Do you get people saying things like that? Why would we pay for free medicine for children? Uh, well, I think that it might be, um, some might feel like the taxes are too high, but I think if, you experience uh, that you have to go to the hospital, that you have to have surgery, and it goes so smoothly with the taxes, paying for your visit and the surgery, you might be very grateful. Uh, and that's, uh, if you experience that, you might feel like it's, it's worth it. And if you have children, and if you are a child, when you grow up, it's uh, even dental care is taken care of, and uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think people in all of Scandinavia, because we are so uh, socially politic, that people are accustomed to the fact of high taxes, but everyone like appreciates the return you get for the high taxes. Interesting. Thank you for that. Uh, so um, what about healthcare for, the, for people who are elderly? Um, here in the United States, a lot of times people save all their lives. And then finally, when they retire, if they end up getting sick, then there goes their whole savings. Um, do you have any accommodations that for, for people who aren't working anymore or for who might have more, more health uh, issues when they're elderly? Yeah, well, we do have uh, uh, like uh, retirement homes where elderly people can live. Um, and if they are healthy and uh, can move around, they, I think they uh, just live alone until they need to go there. Yeah, and also we got the Hemtjänsten, which is like healthcare people that go to people's homes and help them with maybe like cooking food or cleaning or washing themselves. So if you're elderly, you can still live at home, but you have people who come and take care of you if you don't have family. And what about the quality of the care that you get or the quality of the surgeries or other kind of medical quality in Sweden? How is, the, how is it? I think it's quite the same because we don't have like private health care in the same way as in America. Because like most health care is not private. So you get quite the same. It's run by the municipalities, I think, uh, or bigger regions. Uh, yeah, regions. Uh, you have uh, a lot of regions where they r run the hospitals, so it's uh, you can get uh, sent around or something. So it's, uh, but it's often quite smooth uh, in my experience. 
Eske. Yeah, and also I think our kind of hospital stays and numbers are very different because, and also how we work. Like you don't retire until we're not gonna retire and retire until until we're like 70 because we work very long in our lives and in hospitals it's also we stay a shorter amount of time because we stay only as long as is necessary and not anything longer because we don't prioritize our uh, the patients to have a good experience we exper we prioritize they have a health be being healthy again <laughs> yeah and uh, on top of that uh, working until 70 and we uh, when you work uh, some of your um uh, learn, um, some of the money you get uh, salary. Sa some of your salary salary are um, s uh, go to pension savings and uh, so you when you get to the retirement uh, uh, you often have some uh, savings uh, upheld and uh, you can take care of yourself or get taken care of by the Hemshenst or similar. All this is very informative. I appreciate that. Let me read a little bit of what I've, I saw on the internet as well, that Sweden ranks in the top five countries with respect to low infant mortality, and it also ranks high in life expected life expectancy and in safe drinking water. And in 2018, it was about 11% of GDP, gross domestic product, was for health and medical care. So we're going to turn away from uh, from health, talking about health and, and uh, that right now. But I want to read some of these emails. I have a, a whole screen full of emails in front of me <laughs> because people are very interested in asking you questions. So I don't want to put this off any longer. So Emma writes, I'm a parent to one of the students at Gunilla, and I just want to say how proud we are of the students, teacher, and crew. It's amazing to follow their journeys, and especially this trip to the U.S. Lots of love from Emma. So uh, thank you, Emma Rieden. If I'm, am I pronouncing that close? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you for writing in, Emma. And uh, someone, Newt and Derek write, how is the safety aboard the ship? Do any of you do dangerous work, and how is the food? And before I, I let you answer, I'm going to say I was looking at your Instagram account Count, and I saw these giant waves washing onto the deck while, <laughs> while there were just students trying to, I don't know, hoist the, the sails or whatever you were trying to do, getting the waves washed over your feet. So what is the safety like there and how is the food on board? Um, well, the safety on board is uh, it's good and bad. Um, <laughs> we do like, dangerous stuff safely. Yeah, we do, we do climb, uh, climb up the masts and uh, handle the sails and... Uh, while uh, while uh, at sea we we do the uh, sail management and uh, hoist sails and uh, you need to climb up and untie them and tie them up uh, and just the, uh, about a year ago we were uh, sailing in the uh, bay of biscaya biscaya uh, where it's, uh, it's generally very big waves and uh, you can have uh, some terrible weather there and uh, so it's uh, when we were there we had quite big waves and you can get feel get the feeling on, of safety, uh, but uh, if you don't feel comfortable with climbing or don't feel like doing anything, you are uh, allowed to stay on the deck and not climb up. Yeah, and we also have harnesses and life vests on basically at all times when we're at sea. Has there ever been any kind of um, you know person overboard or anything like that? Don't think so. 
That's a good record. <laughs> I want to remind people that we're listening. You're listening to 88.5 FM WMNF Tampa. You might be listening on the World Wide Web at WMNF.org or perhaps on the WMNF app. I'm Sean Canan. I'm the host of Tuesday Cafe, and we are speaking with students from Sweden. They are sailing aboard or about to sail aboard the tall ship Gunilla, and we're finding out what life is like in Sweden, what life is like on the high seas, and how that compares to the United States. And I'm getting their impression of the United States as well. And so that makes I'm going to turn now to this topic which you really can't uh, go a couple of days in the United States without thinking about the topic of guns um, over the weekend there was a, a 11 people have died from a shooting in California and then just yesterday there was another shooting in California where several people died uh, and it happens all over our country um, and I you know there are incidents around the world like this, uh, especially I'm talking about the developed world, but nothing like the frequency that it happens in the United States. So I want to ask all of you, as people from outside of the United States, when you hear about these things happening in the U.S., what do you think? Like, what, 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 may, what do you, I want to know what you think is going on here. Well, I think we all get like quite shocked and it's, it's crazy because these things really don't happen in like Europe. It has happened like a few times, but not at the frequency as in like the US. And now my dad told me before I went there, uh, he was joking, but he said, don't get shot. And I think it's something that we think about and we think is quite strange about like, people can just own a gun. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird to us. Yeah, and I think it's very fascinating how like guns is as I believe is a very big part of your like culture and the idea you have of freedom or stuff like that and it's in your amendment and stuff. So yeah, it's very different to how we see guns in Sweden and yeah, how serious we look at them. Yeah, and yeah, we were very shocked of course, but also most of us haven't ever seen a gun except in, you know, hunting variety and we get very shocked of the fact that it's the fact that you can own a gun is completely insane to us because we would never th even think of it yeah gun regulations in sweden are really really tight you can only like own a gun if you have like uh, hunting licenses and uh, uh, you need to keep them in a uh, like um, in a safe. safe that's yeah. like drilled to the ground and it's uh, really controlled um, yeah. yeah even like plugged guns have to be like in the police record 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 yeah exactly so every every gun in sweden is like regulated yeah and also our police doesn't really have guns we they have guns but they are very rarely used they have batons but not any like what do you call it no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feel like they have tasers, but not anything that can really harm someone long term, really, except when chasing a dangerous criminal. But in general, we don't have that in the same way, so we're not very used to it. Yeah, and that's also something that's like interesting, the way that police works in US and the way that police works in Sweden, because in Sweden we have we have one police like force. police, uh, and here you have like. Over 3, federal uh, police and you got a lot of different police and we only got one kind of police 
And when people interact with police, um, the fact that they don't have a gun, does that mean that you're just, you think you can walk all over the police and that you can just do whatever you want? Oh, well, the police do carry, like, handguns, but they are, like, very rarely taken out unless uh, in, uh, like, really serious uh, manners. So it's, they do have guns, but um, aren't used uh, very often. Yeah, and I still think people have respect for the police. Like, it's not like uh, we're... But I feel like here, uh, a lot of people, of course not all, but I feel like here there is more of a fear of the police in many cases. And... Uh, in home in Sweden there's more a respect like they're don't here to bother you but they're here to protect you and well it's very interesting to hear this uh, perspective from these students high school students from Sweden about the differences between uh, the United States and Sweden in yet another issue about guns and I want to turn now to uh, and one of the our listeners asks is asking this as well Matthew writes this and and uh, so I wanted to ask you you're about the same age maybe a year or two younger than Greta if uh, Greta Thunberg, yeah, yeah, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do people in Sweden, especially people your age, think about the school strike movement and about actions for climate change? I mean, we, we get to learn about climate change from like a very young age. So we have studied climate change for years now. So for like most Swedes know that climate change is a thing and we need to do something about it. And I think a lot of people really like Greta. Uh, I love her. I think she's sweet. Yeah, I love her too. <laughs> yeah, and I think we our perspective of this is very from, much from the state, and we have very high trust in our state. So we and also we believe that we don't have the. Not a lot of people feel like they deny that climate change is a thing, uh, in a difference from America. What are some uh, visual or experiential um, examples of climate change that's, that you can see in Sweden? Well, uh. I think uh, what you can tell by now is mostly like the weather. We aren't that old, so we don't have like much experience of how weather looks at like a long period of time. But, you know, you can see that there's less snow and like hotter summers and stuff like that. So I think that's the main thing that you see in Sweden since we're not like at a high risk for uh, extreme weather so yeah. yeah yeah so I think like weather and also like insects I think like the insects uh, population has decreased a lot and uh, that you can notice when you like for example if you go driving then like in the summers then like a couple of years ago maybe your windshield would be full of bugs but now that's not a problem anymore Wow, I would have thought maybe more insects with the warmer weather, but um, that's a, that's an interesting difference. We have a, someone who writes in about, um, I think, a band. Greg writes, "Do you do any of you like Opeth? Am I pronouncing that O P E T H?" Okay, I'm getting a lot of blank stares. So, well, well, I'll look them up too, Greg. But thank you for that. Um, Bubba writes: Will the students have a chance to stop at some of the local sailing clubs in the area, such as Tampa Sailing Squadron in Apollo Beach? Is that any, on your itinerary at all? Uh, so um, we, uh, when we are uh, in Arbor, we have uh, a, uh, you can uh, divide it into three days where you work one day and you are free two days, and uh, on the uh, two days where you are free, you are free to go anywhere and do anything. Um, uh, so we 
definitely could have the chance, but uh, I don't we think... We might stop by. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you say? Apollo Beach? Apollo Beach, yeah, the Sweden. But there are there are sailing clubs all over. I think there's one in Davis Islands. There's uh, several in Gulfport and in St. Petersburg. So David writes, uh, he, he says, thank you for bringing these student, awesome students on the show today. He says, I'm curious about social media. Are they addicted to social media on their phones like American <laughs> students are? And he also asks a different question. What is their take on Trump and the MAGA movement? So uh, you've been asked. You can say whatever you like. Um. Well, uh, should we go the easy one first? <laughs> the social media. Yeah, I think most people are. I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, I think most Social media are. is a big part. Yeah. It's a bit harder for us when we're traveling because sometimes we don't have like data or Wi-Fi. So, but I think most people are addicted to social media. At home, generally, most are uh, on the big apps and uh, spend a lot of uh, hours uh, scrolling. Anybody want to weigh in on the second topic, or, or yeah. you, still you? <laughs> no? But I think, as if from a very European uh, sense of view, we have we see Trump almost as we all see almost sees, uh, sees him as a character in a show. He doesn't. He the things he says and the things he does is very very problematic, of course, and they're really horrible for a lot of people, and. We see him as this person of kind of like this right wing movement that's beginning, and we also have this way more socialist point of view because we live in a socialist country. And but we, the entirety of Trump and the campaign he has had and still is going on, is very odd because America came from slavery, so and it can be great today, but. When was it really great? Yeah, I know that like before the election, before he was elected, uh, we were, I know my family at least, we were kind of laughing at him. Like, is this man really about to be elected in the US? That's crazy. It's not going to happen. And I think like a lot of Americans may have thought that as well. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think American politics in general are a lot more... It's the whole thing with campaigns, they're a lot more showy than Yeah, it's a uh, bit politics, more commercial. You know? yeah, yeah, it's like, exactly, more commercial here. So it, the whole thing is gets a lot more radical for us when Yeah, and uh, it's also interesting how the like American politics is so polarized uh, compared to the Swedish politics because we have like eight parties and there's very small difference as well as there is in the US, but then you can only choose by two and they're so different from each other and I th- find that very interesting. And also the whole like voting system and stuff like that, it's very different compared to Sweden. So, so well, how would you describe, uh, besides what Andrea just said, what, what else would be different about Sweden's elections? L- uh, less hype and less uh, commercials um, and more parties, what else? Uh, yeah, but there, when uh, there is uh, election time in Sweden, there are plaques uh, being set, put up and people go knocking around doors and stuff uh, to get the votes, of course. Uh, but uh, I think I've seen some of Trump's speeches where he, and the, at the end of his speeches, he sends out fireworks and stuff, and it, uh, like, it's a lot. Uh, and I think in your, uh, like, we have uh, uh, our uh, parties uh, get chairs in our. Uh, um, 
parliament. Uh, in our parliament. So if you get, like, uh, say we have 200 and how many chairs? 250. 54 or 50. Yeah, some, a lot of seats. And if you get, say, 10 seats, you have, like, you can stay, still say something and the parties make up with each other. And it's, uh, yeah, it's quite yeah. different. So even though, like, one party might be in charge and we got one prime minister, like, all the parties that go into parliament still decide together. Yeah, and we also have very different voting systems because we, in uh, if we compare to America, we have we have way higher voting uh, <laughs> rates. Uh, we uh, a lot of us uh, got to vote for the first time this year, and that was kind of a privilege. I put on my best shirt and I went and voted, and I think, and we also have voting on two. Uh, weekends, I think. Yeah, uh, it's a lot easier to vote yeah. in Sweden. You don't have to take time off, so it doesn't get this like it doesn't get to be a class question, uh, and, and you yeah. don't have to get registered or anything. No, you just go there and you put up your ID and then you can vote. And nice. I, I'm not an um, expert on the American voting system, but I believe you have like the states are in control of um, the majority or not. But for us, it's mostly the majority of people. So yeah, it's a percentage thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we count the percentage of each voters and not the states or the municipalities. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Very, very interesting. We were getting a lot of questions about culture. And so uh, Beth, who used to work at this radio station, she also has sailed on the Gunilla before. She says she's listening from Santa Fe, New Mexico. She's sending lots of luck, luck for a great trip to the Gulf of Mexico. And she says, do you have ever have any spare time on board and how do you spend it? And are there any murder games by the played by the <laughs> whole group? I don't know what that is. Murder games, yes. Um, <laughs> spare time. Uh, sleeping, while, yeah. Uh, sleeping, yeah. <laughs> while at sea, you work uh, for eight hours uh, divided in two parts. So you work uh, like from 8 p.m. to uh, 12 p.m. and then 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. And then you have classes in between there for four or five hours. And the rest of the time uh, is, and some of the class time, mostly spent sleeping uh, <laughs> or planning to uh, do the murder game. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I think we're actually very close to our time. We, we are ending soon. So I want to say all, to all of you, thank you very much for coming on WMNF today. Thank you thank for you having us. Thank, thank you so much. I want to thank Rasmus, Esther, Eskil, Andrea, Clara, and Adam from the Tall Ship Ganilla. They are students and their director of studies, Anla. They'll be sailing out of Tampa on their classroom at sea, the Swedish Tall Ship Ganilla. And I want to thank Beth and Miss Julie as well for their help. And thank you to John Dunn. And I want to thank Blanny for filming the show. Thanks, Blanny. You've been listening to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. We'll be back next Tuesday at 10. If you like the program on 88.5 FM, please consider making a donation at WMNF.org. And I want to tell you about a new show on WMNF with some familiar names coming up this Friday. Ben Montgomery from Axios, Ray Roa from Creative Loafing, and Mitch Perry from the Florida Phoenix will have a show at 11 on Friday mornings. You can hear alternative radio on our HD3 channel at 3 in the afternoon on Saturdays or at 11 morning on Thursdays. Shelley will host Midpoint tomorrow to talk about International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And next up is Wavemakers with Janet and Tom Sherberger. They'll continue our coverage of the Tampa City Council races with Council Member Lynn Hertak. Thanks so much for listening to WMNF Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, and Lakeland. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.